Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Hey, I want to read some scripture, and we're going to talk about it for a little while, and I'm just going to pray that the Lord does something really amazing with the next few minutes. So uh, if you have your scripture with you, we are going to read from the book of Matthew, chapter 9 and 10. We're picking up where uh, I left off a couple weeks ago. Jesus has this moment with the disciples, and it says this. uh, Jesus traveled through all of the towns and villages in that area, and he's teaching at the synagogues, and he's announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And he said to the crowds, he, he had, and he saw the crowds and had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like they were sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, listen, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers in the field. Ask him to send more people into the game. We need some more people off of the bench and in the game. Pray to the Lord. Jesus called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. Now, first, there's Simon. He's also called Peter. Then there's Andrew, Peter's brother. James, the son of Zebedee. John, James's brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Atheus, Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, who we all know later will betray him. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Now listen, don't go to the Gentiles or to the Samaritans, but only go to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out some demons. Give as freely as you have received. Give as freely as you have received. So a few weeks ago, we started this series called Put Me in Coach. And we looked at this pattern in which Jesus gives us. He looks out, he sees a problem, there's an issue, there's an overwhelming need, and there is more workers that need to be in the field picking, because it's, in, in farming terms, like it, it is low-hanging fruit. Man, there's so much to be harvested, we need more people to get all of this harvest together. And so the very first thing that Jesus does, he shows us, as we look out to humanity, as we look out to the people that we come in contact every day with, and we see that there's issue, we see that there's something that needs to be changed, we see the injustices in this world, and we want to be a part of correcting them, the first thing Jesus does is what? He says, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's focus our attention. Let's get, let's get the heart of God in this thing. Let's get the vision of what God is trying to do amongst these people. Let's, let's shift it from like just what we see to what he is seeing. So he gathers his disciples. They're praying together. The next thing he does after this prayer of teaching them, listen, let's open our hands. He takes what he has. He takes the 12 that he has and then sends them out. It's like, man, there's this huge need, right? Have you ever just been overwhelmed by the need? 
But man, how are we going to do this? How are we going to help every hungry child? How are we going to help every person that's dealing with an addiction? Like the, the, the overwhelming need. And yet, like, what do we have? And Jesus says, well, the thing that I have right now is these 12. And so instead of trying to hold on to them, instead of trying to say, well, it's only 12, we can't really make a difference with 12, you know, like, what are we going to do? No, he says, like, well, this is what God's been giving me. This is the prayer I've been prayed, and this is how I can go into answering this very prayer. Here are these 12. Let's send them out. Open hands. Like, let's just give our best away. It may not look like much. For, for, man, it was a group of tax collectors. And a group of fishermen, and just this group of guys, hey, we're going to change the world. But Jesus, just open hand, man, this is what I have, and this is what I'm going to give. It'd be pretty awesome if we all lived that way, right? Instead of just, hey, well, I can't do it, don't have enough money, don't have enough time, don't have enough brains, don't have the education. Whatever excuse that we're using, I'm just saying, well, but this is what I do have. And this is my input to give back into humanity. And Jesus does that. This is the type of church that we want to be, the type of church where there's really no excuses because we are all in the game. See, tonight, we will flip on the TV and we will be spectators. We will watch a group of individuals play this game. And it would be a mistake to think that that's the way it works in Christianity. Like, when you became a follower of Christ, like, Jesus said, you're going in the game. There's no bench warmers in this thing. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your history. You are part of the team. Um, this year, I'm going to turn 40 years super old. Yeah. It's like, man, 40 is like, whoa. Like, that's so ancient. Like, oh, my gosh. Some of y'all in here, like, it's a miracle. Like, I don't know. And you're laughing, but, like, you remember when you were about to turn 40. And it's just like, wow, it's so not. Anyway, so I'm going to turn 40 this year. And I have two little girls, most of you know, uh, 8-year-old, 5-year-old. They were running the laps here. And my, my oldest daughter actually said, Dad, we shouldn't have been singing this song. We should have been playing Baby Shark. To which I'm like, you've got a lot to learn, child, because we will never play that song here. You've played it enough for the world, that or Frozen. Anyway, so um, I, I'm, I'm learning about being a father to these kids, and I'm thinking back. And, and I want to say something. And so if you're in the room, and if you're in your 20s, you're a teenager, maybe early 30s, like this really hopefully is going to capture you. Uh, it's for everybody, but like really hold on to this part. Um, so, so I'm looking back, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm about to turn 40, uh, I'm, I'm being dad to these kids, and I'm really just trying to figure it out. I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out what it means to be a father, what it means to be a husband, pastor, all that stuff. And, and I'm looking at the timeline, and I'm thinking back to whenever I was my kid's age. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, when I was 8, 10, whatever age you're old, my dad was, which is in the room this morning, he is the age that I am now raising me. And I'm thinking, okay, it's the same scenario. I was the kid, the father, now I'm the father and the kids. And I'm thinking, like, as a kid, I remember thinking about my dad in such a way that, like, oh, like man, he's so old. <laughs> he's like, 
ridiculously ancient, but he's super smart. Like, he just knows everything. Like, if something breaks, dad fixes it. The car's broken, dad fixes it. A pump plumbing pipe is busted, dad fixes it. Electrical's not working, dad fixes it. My big wheels breaks down, dad fixes it, right? Like, dad and, like, other people in that category are just like, y'all know stuff. You're, like, in the mind of an eight-year-old, y'all are the smartest people on the planet, until we turned it into teenagers, then y'all are the dumbest people, on the play, right? That's just the way it works. It's within all of us, right? But as a kid, like, we're, we're looking and we're just thinking, and, and now we fast forward the time, and now I am the dad. And I'm thinking about my kids and how they're looking at me, and, like, and I realize I'm in a place now where I'm really just trying to figure it out. Like, I'm trying to figure out what it means with my kids, I, I, I know in my eyes, I might be the hero at this moment or something, or, or dad can fix it or dad can do it, but like, I'm really just trying to figure it out, right? And, and why is that important? It's important because if we were all to step back and take a moment and really be honest with ourselves, sometimes when we look at humanity, when we look at people, when we look at others, we look at people's lives and we, we catch a flash of a moment and we think that they have it all together. Man, they have the perfect marriage. Oh man, I, I wish my kids were like their kids. I wish I had the job they had. I wish they had the money in my account that they had. I, like all of these things. And we, and we have these flash moments and, and we, we begin to think that like, man, people are heroes because we saw a moment in their life. And let me tell you a secret. Every person on the planet, no matter how smart you are, no matter how many degrees you have, no matter how long you've been doing whatever it is you've been doing, you are still just trying to figure it out. You are in process. You have not arrived. I have not arrived. See, the thing is, you can look right now and I can tell you this, like, I can impress you for 30 minutes. For 30 minutes, I could say some things, and I could have you thinking, leaving this place of like, man, pastor has it all together. Like, pastor would never yell at his kids. He would never lose his temper. He would never have a fight with his wife. No, <laughs> never, right? 30 minutes. Like, like, we turn on the TV, and tonight... We will be wowed by athletes for a couple hours. We could watch a movie and be wowed by an actor for a few minutes. And like we begin to believe that like that's their whole life. They've got it all figured out. And I'm here to tell you we're all in process. And when we understand that, it gives us the space to allow grace for each other. To know that you don't have to be perfect, Dad. You don't have to be perfect mom. You don't have to be perfect pastor or friend or coworker, because I understand that you're in process too. I understand that Jesus is working in you just like he's working in me. And other people might see a snapshot and think they understand me, but God, you fully understand me. Like, like sometimes I think we begin to believe as if the snapshots are the reality. So I'm reading this scripture. I'm looking at 
the pattern which Jesus has given us. He's calling us to prayer. He's calling us to go out. And then it gives these lists of Jesus' boys. These are the ones that Jesus is putting his life into. And it gives this 12. And, and with some of them, there's these parentheses. There's, there's their name, and then there's this, well, it's a qualifier. So you have first Simon, which is known as Peter, right? And so, like, if you're Peter, if you're Simon and you're reading this, you're like, obviously first. I'm first. I am Peter. I am the rock. But if you're, if you're Matthew, which is the tax collector, you're like, seriously? Like, why did you have to put that in there? Listen, I've been walking with you boys for a long time. I've seen the dead raised. I've been there, helped seen people get, get healed, all this stuff. I'm one of you, and yet you're still going to refer to me as the tax collector? Like, FYI, nobody likes tax collectors. 2,000 years ago and still today, right? Your BFF isn't like, hey, you know, what do you do for a living? Tax collector. Don't come over. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just part of it. So if you're in here and you collect taxes, you just, that's part of the resume. And so it's there. It's like Matthew, like, man, there's this qualifier to his name, this qualifier to Simon's name. And I love the fact of, like, Andrew, like, there's Simon, and then Andrew's qualifier is he's Peter's brother. Like, is there any, like, second children in the room, third children? Come on. All of y'all are first children. Somebody. Oh, yeah. So y'all know. Some of y'all know. Like, oh, who is that? Oh, that's the brother. That's the sister. No one knows your name. No clue. Like, no, Andrew? I don't know. We, Peter, James, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Peter's brother. Who's that? Oh, that's Lucas's brother. I don't know. Who is that? You know, like, it's just this kind of thing. Like, man, there's qualifier. This thing that, like, we put on people. And, and if we're not careful, somewhere in between here, because it starts off with Peter, and it starts off with the rock, but the list ends with Judas, and it ends with the one who betrayed him. And the farther we walk in life, the more we realize that there's the Peter in me, but there's also the Judas in me. See, while Judas sold him out, so did Peter. As a matter of fact, Peter did it three times. I don't know him. No, no, no. I don't know him. And if we're not careful, we can just begin to believe the parentheses and think that this is all we're about. And we want to shed everything else in our lives that we don't want anyone to know about. I don't want anyone to know about the tax collector. I don't want to know anybody to know about the time that I denied him. I don't want anyone to know about my failures. And so I just want to come to church and want everyone else to think that my life is perfect. And we know that you're in process. We know that everything isn't perfect. We're all in process. We want to shed our failures. We want to hide them from the world. And if you don't believe that this is true, just look at Facebook. Like, you'll scroll and you'll see, like, people taking pictures of their meals. Like, it is a beautiful, like, man, look at that 16-ounce ribeye, mashed potatoes, little steamed vegetables, little corn on the side, little roll just glistening. Mm, right? Nobody puts a picture of, like, this is the chicken that I burnt to a crisp and the can of green beans that, like, they fell on the floor, but I put them back on the plate, you know, and I fed them to my kids. And then, you know, they all right, girl. 
That helps your immune system. And then, like, all, right, you don't do that. Like, because we want the world to see us. Like, man, and we look at people's lives and like, oh, man, they're on vacation every week. Man, they're, everything's so good. Like, he's just such a good husband. He brought her flowers again. Dude, he found them mugs in the trash can. They were $4.99 at the Walmart special. See, but you got a glimpse. You caught a moment and thought you understood a life. And the truth is, it depends on what moment you're seeing that could change everything. See, because we as humans, we will look at a moment, but God looks through the lens of eternity. If we were to catch the Apostle Paul early on in his life, we would think that this brother is the devil reincarnated. Because the Apostle Paul was killing Christians. The Apostle Paul was doing everything he could to silence the gospel. The, the Apostle Paul was one that you did not want to be his friends, even to the point of after his conversion, when God sends people to talk to him, they're like, God, are you seriously that dude? Do you know what he's done? Do you know what he's done to the cause? Do you know how bad this person is? And Jesus is saying, you're looking at a moment, but I'm looking through eternity, and this is the very dude that's going to pen half of the New Testament. See, we're looking in our lives. Sometimes we'll either judge it by the highlights or the lowlights. And if we only judge it by the highlights, we'll begin to believe the hype. We'll begin to believe that we're really better than what we are and realize, like, no, 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 we're in process. And I think that's what's happened to Peter sometimes. Because Peter began to believe a little too much that he was the rock. Next thing you know, he's trying to rebuke Jesus. And Jesus gives Peter the harshest rebuke in all of Scripture. Get behind me, Satan. Which, come on, if the Savior of the world is looking you in the eyes and calling you Satan, I mean, I would have just, like, melted. Just, you know? Oh. But Jesus saw something in Peter. But here's the thing. He saw something in Judas, too. And he sent Judas out just as he sent Peter out. And he was saying, Judas, listen, I know everything you've done. Listen, I even know everything you're going to do, and I'm still calling you as one of my own. You don't have to live like this, Judas. You don't have to. And he just loved him and just loved him. He saw something more. He saw something more in his life. A moment. If the first part is the art of releasing, I think the second part is the art of seeing deeper. The art of seeing deeper than just a moment. The art of seeing deeper than just what is on the outside. See, it's a two-sided coin. On one hand, we could believe the hype. On the other hand, we can only focus on the negative of, well, I'm just the tax collector. I'm just the sellout. And, and Jesus is calling us to something more. And, and either way, whether, whether we're believing the hype or living, uh, believing just the worst of us, both things cause us to live beneath our calling. Both things leave us destitute and in need. I want to say this to someone this morning. Listen, just because you have messed up doesn't mean that God is through with you. Just because you have messed up doesn't mean that God is through with you. He sees all of it. Everything that you've done, everything that you will do, and he still calls you his own. He loves you, and he wants you. Now, there's someone else, too, that I want to say something to. 
Like, maybe, maybe your life hasn't been where, like, you don't, hey, listen, I'm doing pretty good. Not, not hooked on crack today, you know. I don't use the F-bomb. I don't, like, whatever, all those things that we kind of think make us good Christians. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you think you're doing okay? Let me just remind you that you are literally one dumb decision away from blowing it. Like, Judas walked with them day after day, year after year. And it's within all of us. There's a Peter in us. There's a Judas in us. And if we're not careful, we could blow it, even at the last minute. I heard a story not too long ago of, um, about Billy Graham. Billy Graham was, uh, Billy Graham, right? Like, he is like the man when it comes to the faith. Like, when you think about, like, there's certain pictures. There's Mother Teresa. There's Billy Graham. And it's like, this, like just someone that has lived above reproach, right? And the um, story, story is told that he, he's in his cabin here in North Carolina, and he's literally days from passing away. And the family knows that Billy Graham's getting ready to die. Some of us remembered when this happened just a few years ago. And um, some different uh, family members, some friends are in the room, and they're just talking to Billy. Someone asked him the question, uh, Dr. Graham, um, what, what would you like us to pray for you for? What would you like us to pray for you for? Now, now remember, he's literally days away from passing away. He knows it. And uh, he looks at the room, he looks at everybody in the eyes, and he says this, pray that I finish strong. Pray that I don't mess up right here at the end. Pray that I don't sin right here at the end. Pray that I keep my heart pure before God. And, and I'm thinking about that. I'm like, like this, this, he's lived an entire life and he still understands. Listen, and these last, I don't want to blow it. I don't want to mess up right here at the end because he understands. Listen, it's not how you start the race. It's how you finish the race. And some of us have had really good starts that turned into really bad endings. And some of us had really bad starts that could turn into really good endings. And either way, there's the recognition, the realization that we are all in process. We all need Jesus because there's a Peter in me and there's a Judas in me. And it starts with us. It starts with looking in the mirror. Jesus knows all this. And yet he still calls them and he does two things. One, he calls them together. Two, he gave them authority. Together and authority. The next two things that Jesus does. Now, I find it very interesting how often in this Christian life that we think that we could do it alone. Uh, that we think that we could live this life solo. We're taught, this is, especially here in America, this is something that like, we even value as a culture, that you don't need anybody. Uh, it's just you and Jesus, and that's all you need, and, and you'll be okay, and you could accomplish your dreams, and you could do all this. And independence is valued in such a way that like, like we've diluted the truth, because the truth is like, you can't do it alone. You were never intended to do it alone. You need other people. As a matter of fact, 
you got to where you are now because someone else made sacrifices for you to be where you're at. You stand on the shoulders of other men and women that have gone before you. Now, you could look and you could say, hey, well, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm here to remind you you're not where you were. And there are people that have given up. There are people that have walked beside you and that are continually to walk beside you because we know that we are meant to do this together. Like Jesus, the one person in all of history that could have done it solo, chose to say, no, 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 we're going to do this together. I'm going to send you out in pairs. I'm going to send you out two by two. Listen, when the animals came on the ark, we're doing those in pairs too. Like we, 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 we need each other. We need each other. Um, I'm one of those people that like when I think about something, when I see these words, there's certain words that'll jump out of the page for me. Together was one of them that I just felt like the Lord was breathing on this week. And uh, I like to take things and I like to associate word pictures with them because it just, it helps me remember. It helps me uh, get the concept a little bit quicker because I'm pretty slow. And uh, so this week I'm at Walmart or, or it was a couple weeks ago, uh, but, but I'm, I'm at Walmart, like the seventh layer of, anyway, and, uh, <laughs> which they have this, like, you could call them or place an order online, and then they'll just, you don't even have to go in the store, which is amazing. Uh, anyway, sorry, I don't need to talk about that. Uh, so I'm there, though, and inside the store, there's a pretty cool section with all of these aquariums and all these fish just swimming around in the little fish tanks, right? And I love it. My kids love it. They'll go and they'll see all the bright colored fish. There's neon fish. There's all these beautiful fish. And if you've ever seen it, right to the side of all the fish tanks are all these little mini fish tanks with these little little cups. Uh, and then there's these particular type of fish, uh, beta fish, that are swimming in these little cups. Have y'all seen those? Not nod with me? Yeah, little, little beta fish, little, uh, what are they called, Siamese fighting fish? And, and they're there, and they're some of the most beautiful fish in, in the whole store. I mean, like, they have these tails and the colors, and they're just amazing. But you're looking at these fish, and it's not long before you're like, why can't these fish be in with the rest of the fish? Because these brothers don't play nice. Apparently, if you put these fish in with the rest of the fish, they don't know how to get along, and they'll just start fighting each other and try to kill the other fish. And I'm just looking at this, and I'm like, Dude, you live in a, like, a six-inch square foot house. And like, that's all the square footage of your life that you can live in, all because you can't get along with anybody. Right? Like you got other friends. you got mates right beside you that like, if you try to hang out, you're just going to fight. Like you got to keep layers of glass between you because you are, like, you are that person. And I'm just thinking, how often is this a picture of the church? Because we can't get along with other people. We create our own little kingdoms. We create our own little space in which we feel safe and no one else could come in. Yeah, we're the king of this kingdom. And we could rule and reign inside of our own little six-inch jar. And life never expands past that, all because we don't know how to play together. Like, life was never meant to be lived alone. Here's the thing. When you have this list of disciples, and as as Jesus is sending them out, like, it's pretty common in the scriptures, when you see Peter, 
you see John. Peter and John are always hanging out together. And Peter and John couldn't be like more different from each other. Like these, these guys are night and day, and yet when you see them in the scriptures, they're always hanging out. Now, uh, Alan Stanley, who led worship this morning, like he's been my best friend for I don't know how long. We've just known each other forever. And, but here's the thing about me and Alan, like we couldn't be more different. Like we, we are complete opposites in, in a lot of ways. And Alan, Alan is like John. And if you read about John in the Bible, John is just kind of like cool and collective. John is the dude that rests his head on Jesus' breast. John is the dude that's at the feet of the cross. And like when everybody, like John is just like, he's just, he's just, he's just cool, man. He's just chilling. And then when you read about Peter, like Peter's chopping off ears. Peter has his foot in his mouth every 15 seconds. Peter's doing stuff. And I'm like, this is me and Alan. Like, I'm Peter. Alan's John. And, like, to put it in modern times, it would be like watching Toy Story. And I'm Buzz Lightyear. And Alan is Woody. Right? And I'm the dude that's trying to, like, jump off the building and be like, Infinity! on, You can do it! And Alan's like, you're going to hurt yourself, Lucas. How about we, you know, and like he's helping a brother out. Like Alan saves me a whole lot, right? But the thing is, I'm strong where he's weak. And he's strong where I'm weak. And if I'm not careful, I could try to make him into me, and he could try to make me into him. But the truth is, we need each other. We need to do this together because you complete me. That was a joke for some but it is, it's this idea that like you need people in your life. You can't do it. And let me tell you why you can't do it. Because you can't see yourself. As a matter of fact, you've never seen yourself. It is impossible for you to see yourself. The only time you have ever seen yourself is when you're looking in a mirror or somebody's filmed you. But you're still not seeing you. You're seeing a reflection of you or you're seeing an image of you. You've never seen you. It takes someone else to see you. And there's things in your life that are blind spots. And there are going to be people that God puts in your life to help you with those blind spots. And let me be very clear about it. Sometimes these people will rub you the wrong way. Sometimes these people will get on your nerves. But they're helping you see something that you can't see on your own. And if you try to go it on your own, if you try to just think you got it all together and that you're not in process, you end up like that fish in that cup, full of pride, full of arrogance, really beautiful, but all alone. And then you get flushed down the toilet. (laughs) We need each other. It takes a different set of eyes. Jesus calls them together And the last thing he does is he gave them authority. I'm going to ask everyone to stand to their feet this morning. He empowered them for the work that he had called them to do. I want to make this statement, and I've said it a few times, but I want it to seek in. God has given you everything you need to do what he has called you to do. God has given you everything you need to do what he has called you to do. Let that sink in for a moment. 
Because if it's, that's true, that means that we are free from excuses. We can't say that, oh, I'm not smart enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough. Like, no, no, God has given you everything. And it's not just that he's giving you everything you need. He's giving you people that you need. He's put someone, not just something, but someone in your life to help you do what he has called you to do. And he's giving you power, and he's giving you authority to do that thing. Think about this. The God of all creation, the God who speaks a word and causes the earth to form, the God who says mountain be, and it is, the God who says fish be, and, and skies be, and sun be, and you right here, and rotate and turn, and all of this, that same God who speaks these words lives inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. In this broken, messed up vessel that's somewhere between a rock and a sellout, God says, I'll come and I'll dwell in him. I'll come and I'll dwell in her. They will be my people. I will be their God. You want to know what glory looks like? Glory looks like God using us. God's saying like, yeah, y'all could put together your MVP teams, but this is my team. And they didn't look like heroes back in the, the day. They looked like tax collectors and fishermen, and they looked like people that were broken. And Jesus said, I'll take them. Because I'm going to call out something more in them. Because there's something more that's just in between the parentheses. I know he's going to sell me out one day, but I'm speaking something else. I'm giving him power. I'm giving him authority. You can do it. He sees deeper. We've got to stop looking for heroes. Because there's only one hero. There's only one that stepped out of heaven and into humanity and died on that cross for you and me when we didn't deserve it. And so if we're not careful, we can make people into heroes or we can make them into villains. And to do either one would be a grave mistake because the truth is both of them live inside of me. They live inside of you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.